0: From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 2nd of December, 2022. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight Story, we run through the scandal facing South Africa's president. There are more things happening around the world right now, though. So we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we look at how the winter will affect the war in Ukraine. But first, why is the South African president in trouble? South Africa's president Cyril Ramaphosa is facing calls to resign and could even be impeached after an independent report said he may have committed serious misconduct relating to the so-called Farmgate scandal, in which Ramaphosa is accused of covering up the theft of $4 million cash from his private farm, which, by his own admission, had been concealed inside a leather sofa. The panel's report leaves President Ramaphosa's political future hanging in the balance and puts his African National Congress Party, or ANC, in a difficult position. The ANC had ruled South Africa since the racist and repressive apartheid regime ended in the 1990s. Ramaphosa became president in 2018, following the resignation of his predecessor Jacob Zuma, who was mired in corruption scandals. A year later, Ramaphosa led the ANC to victory in the 2019 election while promising a crackdown on corruption. So what is the Farmgate scandal that could bring him down? Somewhere between half a million and $5 million cash was stolen from President Ramaphosa's private ranch in early 2020. At the time, the theft was not reported to the police, and Ramaphosa instead got his security team to investigate, and is accused of tracking down and bribing the culprits into silence. Ramaphosa acknowledges that there was a burglary, but denies any wrongdoing. He claims the amount of cash stolen was around $580,000, rather than some $4 million, and that he made it legitimately by selling buffalo to a Sudanese national. He told the inquiry that the cash was hidden in the sofa because it was the safest place. The panel, led by a former Chief Justice, found that the theft had not been reported to police and that there was a deliberate decision to keep the investigation secret. The panel's report said, We think that the President has a case to answer on the origin of the foreign currency that was stolen, and that they were left with substantial doubt as to whether the stolen foreign currency was the proceeds of a state. It's also concluded that Ramaphosa abused his position as head of state to have the matter investigated and seeking the assistance of the Namibian president to apprehend a suspect in the neighbouring country. So where does this leave President Ramaphosa? Despite denying any wrongdoing, his future is looking shaky. South Africa's parliament will decide next week whether or not to launch impeachment proceedings and he's already facing calls to resign, even some from within his own party the ANC's National Executive Committee has been discussing the report and the president's future. The party is set to hold its elective conference in just a few weeks, where it'll decide whether Ramaphosa is re-elected party leader to lead the ANC ticket at the next election in 2024. The country's official opposition, the Democratic Alliance, says the report represents a seismic shift in South African politics, and has tabled a motion to dissolve parliament in order to hold an early election. The ANC's majority in parliament means attempts to force an early election or impeach the president are unlikely to get very far, so the main battle over his future is happening within the ANC, between his allies and critics, and may come to a head this month. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world, so here's a rundown of three other stories. In the UK earlier this year, under the Boris Johnson government, a new law was proposed to protect free speech at universities. One of the stipulations of the bill was that universities would be unable to de-platform controversial speakers. If it was proved that they had deplatformed someone, they would have been subject to a fine. Now though, the government appears to have watered this down. Students and academics could only seek compensation from the courts as a last resort after first going through a complaints procedure and proving that they had suffered a loss. In essence, the bill had been watered down by making people who have a free speech concern first go through this complaints procedure. The fact that this was watered down demonstrates that Sunak is still struggling with authority. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make The Daily Briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. A feud between the US and the European Union over American subsidies appears to have been somewhat smoothed over, following a lavish state dinner hosted by Joe Biden for his French counterpart Emmanuel Macron. European leaders have been growing increasingly angry and concerned about President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act and the CHIPS Act, which contained big packages of subsidies for industries like electric vehicle batteries, hydrogen energy, and semiconductors and tax incentives for US-made products, with the goal of boosting manufacturing operations in the US. European leaders say Biden's approach would unfairly disadvantage non-US companies, particularly in the automotive industry, and see investments siphoned away from Europe. But at a joint press conference on Thursday with Emmanuel Macron, Joe Biden said he makes no apology for the legislation and that he'd continue to create manufacturing jobs in America, but not at the expense of Europe, adding that tweaks could be made to the legislation. Macron, who had previously made his displeasure about the subsidies known, also seemed positive, saying that he had agreed to synchronise their approaches. Although what can actually be achieved in practice remains to be seen. In recent weeks, we've seen North Korea increase their tests of missiles. In total, they've launched more than 60 missiles this year, the most they've ever tested in a single year. This is something the international community is determined to dissuade, and as such, the US and its Asian allies have imposed fresh sanctions, this time on three senior individuals in Kim Jong-un's regime. All three of those hit with sanctions played major roles in developing the weapons. The new sanctions mean that all US-based assets of the individuals will be frozen, and all three will be banned from any transaction with any business or individual in the US. About these sanctions, the US State Department said that, today's actions have been taken in close coordination with the Republic of Korea and Japan, and further align our policies with our EU partners on the global DPRK threat. In the final uplifting story of today's Daily Briefing, we're going to talk about the world's first test of a hydrogen jet. This test was run in collaboration between EasyJet and Rolls-Royce, and was reportedly successful. Both companies hope that this will be a first step in eventually erasing aviation's greenhouse gas emissions, something that is very difficult to do. Electric planes are very costly due to how bulky the batteries required are, Hydrogen could be a good alternative, as it emits only water instead of carbon dioxide. We'll have to see whether hydrogen-powered planes turn out to be a reality. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion about how the winter will affect the war in Ukraine, then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up.